welcome to our high-tech edition at Faith Assembly Church. <laughs> Amen. God is so good. God is so good. And we're just so grateful. We got to. We had a place that we could go and brag on our congregation and say what a wonderful group of people that we pastor up in Aubrey, Texas. So I was ministering on peace. So I want to a minister. I won't give you. I'm going to give you kind of the Reader's Digest because I went an hour and 15 minutes to my shock. But um, well, I had to give him the whole thing because I only had this one shot. So so I kind of condensed it a little bit for you guys because I wouldn't do that because I want you guys to come back <laughs> But um, fear is the enemy of true peace. One of the enemies. And that's what I want to talk to you tonight about having peace. Because, I, and this started about a month ago, after looking at the clown show that's happening in Washington, I needed some peace. I, I need peace when I get up in the morning, because you see it. It's not just happening in America, it's happening all over the world. There are conservatives and those that love Jesus Christ... Are getting, are, we can see that the persecution is coming all over. And you see what's just happening to our beautiful country. It's, it's just pitiful. So I needed peace. So I had to study and get some peace. And get so out of my study, it, you know, the Lord said, don't let your heart be troubled. Amen? Don't let your heart be troubled over anything that's going on in your life or in the world or in our community, don't let your heart be troubled. Pastor posted this on Facebook this week. He said, God never said, die not, sorrow not, or suffer not. But he did say, fear not. And when you take the fear out of life, then all the terrible experiences, all the trials, and all the suffering become bearable. True peace is one of the most precious assets we can have. Christians have peace available to them, but if they don't understand how to get it, then peace can become elusive. But Jesus said, I give you peace. He said in John 14, 27, he said, peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, not as the world gives, give I unto you. Yes, yes, yes. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Oh. There's so much turmoil and unrest, but we can have peace. But we don't have to be in denial. You know, we can't stick our heads in the sand either. I mean, there's a balance there. You've got to know kind of what's going on, but you don't have to know everything that's going on because it's going to change tomorrow anyways. You ever notice that? The, the way the news is, it just, it comes in like a wave. You know, one thing's important today, then it's not. You never hear about it again, and you really have to dig to find out what happened to that certain subject. You know, we don't have to stick our heads in the sand. We don't have to be apathetic. We don't have to be indifferent in order to have peace. We need the peace of God in our lives. You know, when Jesus walked the earth, the Roman Empire was in charge, and they weren't any better than what's going on today. You know, think about it. There, Even though the government was on his shoulders, there was still a government that was corrupt and that was in charge. But he didn't let it rule him and he didn't let him lose his peace and so he gave us he gave us that pattern for us to walk in 
Peace is not the absence of turmoil, emotion, indifference, or insensitivity to suffering. That's not peace. You know, just because you deny something, that doesn't mean you're going to have peace about it. You know, we have true peace is God's assurance that everything is going to be all right. It's like a little child holding the hand of their father walking down the street. You've got your hand to your father, and he's saying everything's going to be all right. No matter what you see, you've got your hand with your father saying it's going to be all right. It's that assurance that God is with us, the presence of God. That's why pastor ministers so much on the presence of God. We need the presence of God in our lives. Total trust in God is total peace. Yes. Yes. Some trust in God, some peace. No trust in God, no peace. Listen to what Isaiah 48, 22 says. There is no peace, says the Lord, unto the wicked. Why? Because the wicked have no faith. So they can't have real peace. This is why it's our job to model peace when you go out or when you're with your family. You know, we don't want to be the ones who are going to be agitated and stressed out. and They're not going to follow that. But if we're peaceful and we have joy, we have the fruits of the Spirit coming out of our lives, we're going to attract the sinners. They're going to say, how can you be so peaceful with what's going on? It's a tool. Peace is a tool. It's a tool to kind of throw it out to the sinner. We can walk in peace no matter what. We're not in denial, but we're in peace. Uh, in John chapter 16, 32 to 33, Jesus gave his disciples two keys to victory. He said, Behold, the hour comes, yes, is now come, that you shall be scattered every man to his own and shall leave me alone. And yet I am not alone because the Father is with me. Key number one, even though people abandon you, the Father's always with you. Mm -hmm. You ever notice people are fickle? You ever had friends turn, turn their back totally on you? Oh, yeah. I'm sure we've all got stories of it. But the Father is with you. When they scattered for Jesus, the Father was with him. So that's key number one. You're never alone. Even though the devil might say you're all alone, he's a liar. Anything he says, it's the opposite is true. These things I have spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. I can hear Jesus say that. I've overcome the world. Be of good cheer. Why are you downcast, O my soul? Be in good cheer. Have peace. The world defines peace in a state where there's no war or fighting, a state of tranquility or quiet, free from disquieting or oppressive thoughts, harmony and relationship. The world sees peace as having no opposition. In other words, shut up and march. You know, do what we tell you to and there'll be peace. We saw that over the summer. That as long as we just let them destroy our cities, there, there was they had they were peaceful people, right? You know, it, it's it, the world doesn't give peace. The world has no peace. They, theirs is You know, as long as we're on the same side, then I'm not going to cancel you. But if you say something that I object to, 
then I'm going to go after you and I'm going to destroy you. So what has happened was a lot of people just don't want to say anything or bother saying anything. Because they don't want, you know, quite frankly, I don't like the hassle. Do you? You know, if you say something that's against, you know, what, what is perverted thinking, if you say something against it, then all of a sudden you're the one that that's a target. But true peace, listen to this. A biblical definition of peace is having our decisions and actions in harmony and obedience with the known will of God. How different that is from the world's standard. The world is a bully and trying to get us into just to be quiet. But God says true peace is when our decisions are in, the, in obedience with the known will of God. True peace comes from having true trust in God. We have to know and obey what God says about situations in order to enjoy the peace offered to us. In John 17, 14 through 20, Jesus said, I have given them thy word, and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. See, there he says it. They're going to hate you. They're going to hate you. They, they hate this church. People who are on the not on this side, not, not Christians, not born-again believers, hate Christianity and want to destroy it. But he says, I have given them thy word. I pray not that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from evil. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them through thy word. Thy word is truth. As you have sent me into the world, even so have I also sent them into the world. And for their sakes I sanctify myself, that they also might be sanctified through the truth. Neither pray I for these alone, but for them which shall believe on me through their word. We are the them that believe on him through their word. Jimmy Swigert's commentary said, God's word is a permanent endowment. Isn't that good? God's word is a permanent endowment. He can, nobody can take it away from us because it's been permanently endowed to his children. It belongs to us. We must live by the word of God. The Bible doesn't contain truth. It is truth. When we read our Bible, pray, and spend time with God, we purify ourselves from the world and get closer to God. Commentary Matthew Henry said this, if truth once be deserted, unity and peace will not last long. We have to stay with the truth. He says, thy word is truth. Thy word is truth. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Jesus is the truth, and we have to spend time in fellowshipping with the truth. Second Thessalonians 3.16 now the Lord of peace himself give you peace always by all means. The Lord be with you all. This is a sanctifying peace. It doesn't refer to an absence of problems. I wish I could tell you it refers to an absence of problems. It's rather the, the availability of an unending peace. The more we set ourselves apart from this world and set ourselves in agreement with God, the greater our peace will be. The more we get tangled up in the things of this world and 
get frustrated and angry. I mean, it, it takes five minutes to just turn on television for five minutes and watch the news, and you're like, So we need to we need to stay in peace, stay close to God. God's got everything under control. Nothing surprises God. Nothing. We could never have a surprise party for God. He would know it. He just knows everything. And when we settle it in our heads that God knows everything, God is control God is in control of everything, even though bad things happen, that we're gonna go through the storm. But we're going to be holding our Father's hand. And the God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet shortly. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Romans 16, 20. God will fight our battles. And that phrase, the God of peace, I just kept meditating on it and meditating on it. Because in the other, we're going to see that there's the peace of God and then there's the God of peace. And I thought, wow, isn't that amazing? The God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet. Here he is, a God of peace, and yet he's able to crush Satan. He does it in peace. Why? Because he's confident. He knows what's going on. And at the right time, everything is going to be put into order for us and for our lives. God will fight our battles. Let's look at the characteristic of the God of peace. He is the God of tranquility. He is free of impulsiveness and agitation. He sees the bigger picture and yet is concerned with all of the details. He is the definition of righteousness and confidence. He is the God of wholeness. He lacks nothing. He has everything. And because he lacks nothing and has everything, we will lack nothing and have everything. Amen? We'll have everything we need. Maybe not everything we want, but we'll have everything to meet our needs. God will meet our needs. Not only will God help us to do something, he will do it for us, and he has done it for us. It isn't like we're never going to be helpless, so we can have that peace. He is the peace in the storm. You won't have peace if you let fear dominate your decision-making. We can't be afraid right now. You know, for years it's been preached that, you know, Jesus is coming soon and there's going to be end times. There's going to be terrible things happening. Well, guess what? The perilous times are here. They're now. They're here. And we can't have fear dominating our thinking. We can't be afraid. We can't make decisions because we're afraid. You know, we can't be building bomb shelters and you know, we can't be doing things that just out of fear. We have to be doing things out of obedience with God. Because if you do things out of fear, you're still not going to have peace. You can build your shelter. You can do whatever you want. But if it's not God-directed, you're not going to have peace about it. Because it's not in harmony with God's will. That's where the peace comes, is when our lives are in harmony with God's will. Let you won't have peace if you let doubt make you double-minded or let unbelief rule your thoughts. We don't have time to have doubt anymore. We have to put our total and complete trust Amen. in God. Amen. Amen? Because we can't doubt. If we're going somewhere and God says go this way, but we were determined to go that way, we better go that way. And we might miss an accident. You, you might miss a ride. Did you see in Colorado... 
where Black Lives Matter actually held people hostage in a grocery store. So you might be on your way to Kroger's. I mean, how innocent is going to Kroger's, right? I wanted to go to Kroger's and, you know, get strawberries or get something else. And now the next thing you know, because God said, no, maybe you don't want to do that today. You want to go this way. Maybe you'll avoid that situation. I mean, we're living in dangerous times. We need the Holy Ghost when we go out this door. We'll, we'll never have peace in our storm if we pretend things are fine when things are in chaos in our lives. We've got to admit it. Well, you know, things are not fine. I need the help of the Lord. I need help. 1 Peter 5.8 says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil as a roaring lion walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. Whom resist steadfast in the faith. And I have that bold. Resist steadfast in the faith. Remember, total faith, total peace. Amen. Knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your, accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. Everybody... Christians all over the world have suffered persecution. We're just getting we're just getting our, our toe dipped into it right now. But we don't know, six months from now, I mean, I don't know. You know, somebody said to me, we all couldn't wait for 2020 to be over with and kind of laughed. And it's like, well, you know, maybe when 2021 is over with, we'll wish, you know, we'll wish it wasn't over with. I mean, we don't know, but things aren't going to get any better. So we need to put our faith in God. Ephesians 4.27, neither give place to the devil. So we need to resist it in the faith. Watch what you're thinking. And when you start thinking fear thoughts, if you start thinking negative thoughts, just start praying in the spirit. Put on some praise music. Shut the television off. Go get your Bible. Go take a walk. Go do something. But if you start feeling that pressure, I know when I start to feel pressure, i got to back off. Now I'm going into my little sewing room just because it makes me happy. So just to have some peace. And while I'm sewing and I'm meditating or I'm listening to something, and you know, sometimes you just have to pull away from what you're doing and just spend, you know, even spend five minutes, just go... And speak in tongues for a little bit and build yourself up in your most holy faith. Get your peace back. Don't lose your peace. Amen? You must hear from God and have peace in your inner man to know if you're going in the right direction. True peace will help you to know the will of God to make your decisions. It says in Colossians 3.15, this is in the Amplified, it says, let the peace Soul harmony, which comes from Christ, rule as an umpire continually in your hearts, deciding and settling with finality all questions that arise in your minds. When you have to make a major decision, let God's peace direct you. God's peace will direct you. If you don't have true peace about it, just wait. It might be the right decision, but, you know, maybe you don't like to do, you know, I, I have news for you. When we traveled out of town, we went to Bucky's in Fort Worth. It was shoulder to shoulder. I mean, I don't know. We've been in the house, what, one solid year, right? And I, 
I think we think that maybe that the whole world has been in their house, but people are starting to get out and about. I mean, it was packed solid. You would be running into people going down. And so I asked the guy when we checked out, I said, you know, how, business been pretty good. He goes, oh yeah. He goes, there was eight to 10 people in a line for like three hours. So praise the Lord. People are getting out. People are doing things. And it just, it's, it's nice to see that. But if you don't have true peace about something, just wait a little bit. The devil's like a pushy used car salesman. He wants you to hurry up, make that decision. You know, sell your house right now. You gotta, oh, buy that car right now. You gotta do that right now. Do that. Do, do, go, go. You know, pick up that phone, tell her off right now. You know, all right, let's just take a break. Because I don't have peace about it. And sometimes, see, if you're in fear and your anxiety and you're frustrated, you're gonna listen to that voice that's telling you to do something that you shouldn't be doing. So just say, okay, take it, just, let's just wait a minute. You know, it's not the deal of the century because there'll always be another house, there'll always be another car. I, I can talk to my friend after I calm down a little bit, and maybe after I calm down, I might decide it wasn't such a big deal so I can move on and just have a happy life. You let the peace of God rule your day. If you don't have peace about something, just say, okay, I don't have peace about it. So that's a warning to me that there's something that I either need to pull back and stop doing, or maybe it's a decision, like some people, you know, you're thinking, should I move into a smaller house? And you're trying to figure it out. And you don't have peace about it, but maybe it's because you don't like to move. So if you wait just a little bit, then you might catch up with your decision and say, okay, that is the right decision. I'm just, I just don't like to move, so it's my, it's my flesh, not, not the decision. Symptoms of false peace include sleepless nights, trying to make something happen, having anger, getting angry with your spouse or people you live with or your friends. You know, you get angry with them because you have no peace, so you lash out. Worrying about it, anxiety, stress, you know, this generation is some of the biggest pill poppers for anxiety and stress. Because why? Because there's no peace for the wicked. But a lot of Christians, and I'm not faulting anybody, listen, if you're on anxiety medicine or whatever, then kind of just tune me out for the next minute. Because I'm not trying to be a doctor here. But I'm saying that there is a peace available to you the peace of God, and if you seek the peace of God, and while you're taking your anxiety medicine and saying, God, I know that this is a bridge to get me to true peace. See, medication is just a bridge to get you to your healing, amen? Just a bridge. But just learn to hear the voice of God and follow it. Let his peace guide you, amen? Amen. God's kind of peace is where we put our total and complete trust in him. No matter what the circumstances are, we don't have the promise of a better material life here. We don't have the promise. We can see that, you know, there's persecution coming. What we do have is God's promise of protection in the midst of everything. Provision when we go through our storms. 
Our life here is to be one of loving God and serving others. Yes, we will be blessed and have our needs met, but we must understand that God's direction for us may not lead us into desirable or comfortable circumstances. And I really hate to be the bearer of bad news because I like comfort. I'm sure if we all asked, we'd all say, yeah, let's go with the comfort. But that's not always what God wants for us. Sometimes it's not comfortable to serve God. You know, we may have sacrifice our convenience and our rights so that we can serve others and accomplish, accomplish what God needs us to do here. We're here for a reason. And I know we're, we're older now, but we're here for a reason. I mean, look at how many people are in this room and look at the amount of wisdom that's in this room. Look at the amount of wisdom. There's wisdom all over this room. We owe it to the next generation to be able to take, get relationship with them, form relationship with the younger generation so that we can impart some of this wisdom. You know, hopefully we can take this younger generation and impart the wisdom so that they won't have to do it the hard way. There's not a lot of time for them to learn the hard way. Amen? Amen. And if they can take our life lessons where we were dumb, where we learned it the hard way, and if they can take it to heart, then it can save some time for them. Yeah. And they can grow and they can mature. Yes. Yes. Amen? Yes. So God needs us to be here. And sometimes we need to be uncomfortable to reach people. And we can see what great lengths God will go to to reach one sinner. Yes. In Acts 16, Paul and Silas were jailed for casting out a devil out of, the, out of a slave girl. The two men had great peace. They were able to sing in the, in the prison. Even though they were bleeding and they were in stocks, they were able to praise the Lord. God's larger plan was to send an earthquake to free them and to be witnesses to the other prisoners and to the prison guards. God had a plan in mind. He cast out, they cast out the devil of the slave from the slave girl, and it made the devil mad, so the devil put him in prison. See, the devil sometimes, God uses him as a stooge so many times because we think the prison was a bad place. Prison was sitting in the center of God's will. That's why they could have peace. That's why they could praise the Lord. Right. And it wasn't comfortable, I guarantee you. But that night, the Philippian jailer and his family were saved. Probably some of the prisoners were saved, too. What would have been the final destination if Paul had not been in prison, Paul and Silas? What would have happened to them? Well, we don't know. We can't say. You know, maybe the jailer was this hard head that needed like this epic earthquake. He maybe needed this huge, you know, huge object lesson so that he could see things. I mean, I don't know. I don't, I've never met him, obviously. But we'll never know for sure. But now they're saved and they're in heaven. All because Paul and Silas on this earth had to go through a, a, a period of discomfort. But what about the earthquake? I mean, to me, it just, can you imagine if you were in their place and we're, you're sitting in the, the dungeon, it doesn't look very hopeful. It hurts because you've been beaten. You've got 
you know, you're bleeding, there's probably rats all over and things that are very undesirable. And yet God had a plan. God was never without the plan. And they had perfect peace because they trusted God. I mean, to me, that is one of the most amazing stories in the whole Bible because they had perfect peace. But through all that turmoil, they were assured that God was with them. And they, we can be assured if we're ever in a position where we're away from people and it looks dire like that, just be looking up and say, God, I, I'm waiting for the earthquake. I'm waiting to see what's next because I've got a witness to a sinner. I know you wouldn't put me in this place just for nothing. Amen? So sometimes we have to change. Sometimes we have to change our attitude toward different things. Amen? See, the things that God sees are eternal. But we're just looking at the temporary. Amen? Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Romans 5.1 2 Corinthians 4.17 and 18 says, For our light affliction, which is but for a moment. See, that's all it was for Paul and Silas. But for a moment. But look at the fruit. Look at what happened because of what they had to go through. Worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. There's an eternal purpose for all of our suffering. That's why we can have peace in the midst of the storm. For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all churches of the saints. 1 Corinthians 14.33 2 Corinthians 13.11 Finally, brethren, farewell. Be perfect. Be of good comfort. Be of one mind. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace shall be with you. Isn't that great? It's just so peaceful when you start studying it, when you start reading it. My favorite, one of my favorite scriptures, Isaiah 26, 3 and 4. This is in the Amplified. You will keep in perfect and constant peace the one whose mind is steadfast, that is committed and focused on you in both inclination and character, because he trusts and takes refuge in you with hope and confident expectation. Trust confidently in the Lord forever. He is your fortress, your shield, your banner. For the Lord your God is an everlasting rock, the rock of ages. Oh, isn't that good? Isn't that good? Philippians, two more scriptures. Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Be anxious for nothing, but when you're anxious, stop. Pray, give thanks to God. And God's peace will return to you. So he leaves a little... See, the Bible is so instructional. When you look at it, be anxious for nothing. Stop. When you're anxious, pray. Then give thanks to God, and God's peace will come back to you. Amen? Amen. But let's look at the rest of it. Philippians 4, 8, 9. Finally, brethren, 
Whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are a good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Those things which you have both learned and received and hear, heard and seen in me, how Paul's talking, the one that was in the flip the, the one that was in the Philippian jail, seen in me, do. He says, do it. And the God of peace shall be with you. If you do verses six and eight, the presence of God will be with you. Matthew Henry says this about the God of peace. We must not eye him as the Lord of hosts, who all power is, but as the God of peace. A God at peace with us. A God speaking peace to us. A God working peace in us. And a God who's creating peace for us. Amen? Victory comes from God more as the God of peace than as the God of war. For in all our conflict, peace is the thing we must contend for. God is the God of peace will restrain and vanquish all those that cause divisions and offenses so to break and disturb the peace of the church and the individual. Don't fear the future, saints. Stay in peace and let God be with you. Amen? Amen. Let's just bow our heads. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for the peace of God. Father, we thank you, Lord. Father, we just thank you. Lord, let the peace of God that passes all understanding guard our hearts through Christ Jesus. Father, that we would not become troubled in these end days, but Father God, we would be a bold witness. Father, we just thank you for that peace. Father, we thank you for the blood of Jesus that covers us, that covers our church. Father, that covers our family. Father, that covers our spouses. Father, we are thanking you. And Lord, we just give you praise that you are with us, holding our hands as we walk through these days, looking for chances to win sinners to you, Lord. And God, we're just careful. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Give the Lord a hand. Hallelujah. Lord God, peace. Peace. Peace is, peace is the key to your victory. Sometimes we try to drum up a lot of faith. I've heard people, uh, when we were preaching the word and teaching the word, and, and I, I've heard people, they try to say a hundred times the scripture, you know, <laughs> trying to trying to build up that faith. And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, sometimes you got to hear what you're saying yeah. and hear the word. But faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word. Yeah. And then when that word gets there, that word is peace, it's joy, it's life, it's everything we need it to be. Amen. Praise God. Oh, in your presence, Lord. In your presence, there is peace. In your presence, in your presence, there is joy. I will wait.
having to make. Every one of us, we be having decisions. I know people have to make medical decisions. Listen, it's important, whatever decision it is, to have God's direction and God's peace in every step of the way. I don't know, we, we just need to just cast it upon the Lord. Cast all your care upon the Lord because He cares for you. I'm not going to ask you to come forward tonight, but if, there, if there's a care, or there's something that's turmoil or troubling, and you need the God's peace to just minister to you right now, I want you to just shut your eyes and just look to Him. Look to Him right now. God is going to give you a supernatural feeling of His presence in your life. And as you make the decisions, you listen to the voice of the Lord. God will direct every step. God will direct every step. And I want us to just lift your hands to the Lord right now and surrender to Him. Father, we lift our hands and surrender to You in the name of Jesus. God, we thank you that your peace rules. Your peace rules our heart. Your peace dominates our life. Father, right now we just lift, we cast all of our care, decisions upon you. God, and we thank you, Lord, that as we make these decisions that you're directing our thoughts, your peace is ruling our heart. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we just give you praise. We just rejoice in you and we give you glory for it. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Let's stand.